welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, it's Wednesday, May 4th, 2022, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And as always, I'm joined by Dr. Rick, and we are grateful for this opportunity just to come together. And today you are truly in for a treat. We have joining us Amanda and Michelle. And there's there's many times that, uh, that I would tell you the reason that I came to this ministry 19 years ago is because of women like Amanda and Michelle. And to be able to see the heroes that they are to me, to my wife as well, I think I've told the story uh, of, of how my wife uh, and I got into the ministry of Lifeline, um, my wife counseling women and loving on women and us being able to see the heroes that they were actually led me 19 years ago to this ministry. So I love it when we are able to highlight the stories of what God is doing in the lives of women here uh, in our country and around the world. And so we're just grateful today to be joined by these two incredible women. They're going to give you just a little bit of their testimony and their story. Uh, We're going to get to hear the courage that they've had, the fortitude they've had, and ultimately we're going to see how God continues to work um, in so many precious ways in the fabrics of our lives. And, you know, even as we're coming off just a few weeks ago from Easter, the story of redemption is, is so present in each of our lives to see how God is constantly using our success, using our mistakes uh, using uh, all the parts of our life for his glory um, and and for his gospel. And so just so grateful to hear this gospel-rich stories and for you to get to inter- be introduced to these incredible women, again, heroes um, in, in our eyes. Uh, before we bring on Amanda and Michelle, I do want to let you know that one of the reasons that we're highlighting their stories is because every May, uh, the Saturday before Mother's Day, we want to honor these women, these birth mothers, um, to let them rem- be reminded that they're made in the image of God, that they're special, that they're heroes. And it's also just a great opportunity for many women to come together from different parts of the country, from different walks of life, to be able to to share in this common experience and to celebrate uh, life and to celebrate uh, the the journeys uh, that they've been on and to celebrate what the Lord has done in each of their lives. Before I bring up Dr. Rick as well, I want to remind you about Vessels of Hope. Uh, this ministry to, to women and children is only possible because of the body of Christ that we walk hand in hand with. Uh, people that give of their time, their talent, their knowledge, and their resources. And so Vessels of Hope is our faithful community of monthly donors. Uh, what we want to do is bring together a community of folks that give on a monthly basis to let you know that we appreciate you. You're the backbone uh, of us being able to continue this ministry uh, and to be able to, to love on and to walk side by side uh, with women, with children, with families. And so if you want to know more about Vessels of Hope, you can see our show notes uh, and you can find out about what this ministry is doing and how specifically Vessels of Hope goes to, to fund the Ministry of Lifeline. You can also learn more about how you can become a part of this Vessels of Hope. And as always, you can go to our website, lifelinechild.org. It's that time of the podcast that everyone loves when we get to bring on the venerable Dr. Rick. Um, he is everybody's favorite superstar. And Dr. Rick, I know we talk about this when we're not on air, but these are one of our, our favorite opportunities. And honestly, 
probably our favorite podcast. So we're going to get to talk to some of the real superstars today. And I think, you know, you, you and I, um, we go way back and we've talked a lot about what the Lord allows us to do. But I, I remember um, one of the things that when I first learned about Lifeline and understanding the heart that this ministry had um, for uh, women in crisis and, and for um, seeing everyone as created in the image of God, um, it so resonated with my heart. You know, our family wouldn't be what it is without um, three women making incredibly courageous choices to give life to our children. And and so for us, there's not a day that goes by that we're not reminded of the, the sacrifice and the courage and and the the fortitude of those women. And when when the Lord gave me an opportunity to be able to connect with a ministry like Lifeline that really um, not only believes that, but walks that out, um, it, it's, it's been an incredible gift. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited today for us to be able to uh, talk with you, Amanda and Michelle. And, uh, and probably the best way for us to start is, uh, is just to have you introduce yourself a little bit. So Amanda, I'm going to kind of look to you first and, and, uh, welcome to the Defender Podcast, and uh, why don't you just um, introduce yourself and, and tell the folks that are listening to us a little bit about you and kind of the beginning of your story. Okay, my name is Amanda, and um, I placed a little boy for adoption in 2020, January of 2020. Um, I had gone through a very bad divorce in 2018 and in 19 when I found out I was pregnant I knew that there was no way I could raise a child I was unmarried living on my own already had a 10 year old son and it was very scary but Lauren helped me um, and Sorry. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I didn't really know what to do. I, you know, laid in my bed every night just kind of crying and wondering how do I raise a child on my own? And I just... Googled and I found Lifeline. I researched it. I was still unsure if that was the right decision, but once I found my family, then I knew it was like I looked through so many books and I didn't know who to pick. And then as soon as I saw them, it's like God told me, like, this is them. Here's what you do. So that's why I picked them. Well, Amanda, I, I love hearing even the testimony of of life and love hearing the sound of your children even around you now. What a testimony of life that is um, and the love that, that you have um, for your children in so many different ways. And uh, we're just grateful that that there are women like Lauren to come alongside um, and not just to 
not just to talk to you, but to walk life with you. And that's one of the reasons we love Lauren and, and others like her so much is because of the way they care. And Michelle, I know, you know, you have a different story and yet you also have a similar story about just having someone there for you in your time of need. Um, sweet sister, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about your story. <clears throat> I'm going to cry. Uh, um, thank y'all for allowing me the opportunity to share. Uh, it really does mean a lot that God will still use me. Um, anyway, so I was 13 when I found out I was pregnant. That was um, 30 years ago. And... <clears throat> I knew at that time uh, that I could do this. I could raise my child. And uh, <laughs> and then <clears throat> God started working. <laughs> um, there was um, a great deal of support through Lifeline. Um, Leanne, who is now retired, I understand, uh, was just so intentional with her words and her actions. And um, she was my birth mother counselor. Um, I was actually at the maternity home in Pell City when that was a thing. And... Um, it wasn't just Leanne. Um, the birth parents at that home were extremely instrumental, um, as well as the Strobels, in um, contributing to my understanding um, of what God was getting ready to do and how He was going to change uh, my heart and my desires to meet His, to be to be his desires. Um, I had been in a relationship with um, my son's father for eight or nine months. Um, and um, knew that that was not going to continue. So I knew that it would be a struggle. And my mother was a single parent of my brother and I. So I knew she was not going to be able to raise us with a grandchild. And um, anyway, you know, even just attending services there um, in the Pell City area was, you know, I just knew it was just the, the daily devotions, um, attending church and just quiet time with God that really revealed to me that his intention for my son was to be with parents who had stability um, wanted children but couldn't have them uh, biologically and they raised him truly as their own uh, loved him and love him tremendously well Michelle thank you um, I, I think you know one of the one of the questions I'd, I'd love to ask uh, Amanda is if you could talk a little bit about your life um, 
since placing your child for adoption? Like what what is life like today, and and what has been what has life been like in the the days and weeks and months and years after after your decision to place? Okay. Um, now, so I got married in June of 2020, and I have a beautiful little baby girl now. She's eight months old. She's so sweet. Um, and, you know, I was really she worried. Her name is Harper. And I was very worried that I would, like, feel guilty for having another baby, but it's actually, after seeing Henry with his family, it makes life a lot easier, like, because I share with them, you know, Harper, and they share with me how he's doing, and so it makes it not as, I don't feel as bad, you know, because I kind of felt like, oh, I hope he doesn't think I just didn't want him, you know, but I know in my heart that I could not have done the amazing job that they're doing raising him, but I've been a stay-at-home mom now for a little over a year, and it's just been so great getting to raise my two stepsons, and I've got a son who's now 11 and it's been so great just and watching watching henry grow watching all the babies grow it's, it's been nice what a obviously what a god that we serve that's literally doing as as paul says uh he's doing all things new um and he's doing new things and uh to watch him do those new things. You know, Michelle, you, you spoke of the maternity home and while the maternity home might not look exactly the same as it did uh, when you were there, it still lives on today, just in a more urban setting, actually in the city that you live in now. Um, and I guess what I would love to know is same kind of question for you, just all the new things that the Lord has done in your life um, over the last several years. So, um, well, I placed Jordan for adoption in 1993. So, again, this has been 30 years. And, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't even, that would just be a whole book. Uh, but I think that the main things that I think really jump out to me are that I felt the same as Amanda, that I felt like when I had other children, um, you know, that, that he would wonder, why wasn't I the one you kept? Why, you know, why, um, why didn't you just struggle through it? Um, and he doesn't, I think maybe he did have those wonderings, uh, 
initially just um, upon discovery sort of that he was adopted even though it was known by him his whole life um, he heard the word adoption not really necessarily knowing what that actually meant as a very young child and just kind of discovering that a little bit at a time as he grew older and so I think to some degree um, when he really realized what that meant that there was this whole other part of life uh, this whole other set of people that were instrumental in him coming to be who he was and where he was and who he was with. Um, of course, I think those thoughts came about, but I believe that because he was with the family he was meant to be with and that they just loved him um, and he, he is their son that he never really had that need per se to travel down that road very far. Um, and so of course, you know, we always wonder about how they, what if, you know, um, but, but I feel like, um, just having the children that I have in my life, um, and that, um, being married to the man that I'm married to now, those things um, are just so precious to me. They're my whole life. I mean, other than Christ first. Um, just the fact that he, that he redeems all things and that, um, that even in those things where we wonder, good grief, what is even happening right now? <laughs> you know, in my life, that um, even in those things, that he's working them together for our good and his glory. And, um, you know, even just the opportunity to share with, with Lifeline the impact that they had um, on my life, on Jordan's life. Um, Jordan didn't think he wanted to have any kids. And God said, watch this. And... Uh, Literally the year after, um, a couple of months after I met him, um, he married and they became pregnant several months later and he has the most beautiful grandson, um, of mine. And, and I, you know, none of that would have been possible if God hadn't been doing work. Um, so I think just just those basic things that sometimes we take for granted because it's just a part of our daily life, you know, our family. And, um, so I think, I think that in and of itself is, is probably the biggest thing I'm just so grateful for that God's done. Well, Michelle, I, I think as I, as I, as I contemplate over all that the Lord has done, I mean, even, over that last 29, 30 years, um, how, how would you describe what God is doing today in your life and how those experiences actually made you the woman of God that you are today? You know, I think um, God just helping me realize that even, um, that even he can redeem all the sin and the consequences of it. Um, are make me apt to share with others 
um, not only my experience with Lifeline and with Jordan, um, but also how even in the thick of things, um, when, even when we're living in it, um, that we're meant to be a peculiar people, that we're meant to be um, sharing and we're meant to be used of him um, because I don't think I believed that about myself before um, when I was in the thick of it. And I, I, I think, again, just him using those experiences and those, um, those things even that didn't seem positive at the time um, makes me more apt to just share um, what he's done for me, um, that maybe it can be a recognition for someone else to understand, um, where he comes in to the thick of things, even if you just turn to him, um, as a, as someone who doesn't really know what, what they're doing. They just know they need help. They just know they need him. Um, because that's where I was. So I think, um, gosh, I mean, what is he doing? Whew. Again, that would take a book, but um, he's giving me a witness to my children. He's giving me a witness in my community. Um, he's given me a second generation to raise so that I can relate with some newer moms, younger moms. Um and I do want to get involved with the the local lifeline ministry um, in my city and and maybe be able to minister to them more readily. So I think that's something he's working on in me. Amanda, it occurs to me as we're talking that um, you and Michelle have a lot of similarities in your story, but one of the differences is just that that both of you are kind of in different places in life and different stages in life. And, and so I'd love to just kind of ask you the same question, um, of what's, what's the Lord up to in your life today? And, and how is, um, you know, how is, how's God teaching you or how's, how's he, how's he leading you today? Um, not just in light of where you've been, but just in, in light of, you know, his unfolding story for you. Um, Let's see. I think, like Michelle was saying, like, you know, Lauren now, she'll, like, she'll text and she'll say, hey, I have this birth mom who doesn't know what she wants to do. And, you know, like, can you just talk to her a little bit? And it's so great to be able to know, like, something that was so scary for me and something that I never knew if I would get through and if I would ever get over it, like I can be there and help someone else and know that like I'm making a difference in someone else's life, you know, like a really, like something that I can be someone that I wanted to have, you know, someone that Lauren was for me that helped me through. And it's, brought me a lot closer to God. 
like when I was scared and didn't know what to do, like I would just pray. And now like my kids, you know, they love going to church now when before it was just like, we got to get up and go. He loves it. Walk away. (laughs) He loves it. He really does love it. (laughs) But, um, let me go in here. We're in the line. Okay. But, you know, my oldest son, he's getting baptized May 1st. And it's so great. Like, you know, we kind of went through the whole adoption together. Like, he knew that I was pregnant. He kept asking me and I would just kind of deny it. And then I just prayed about it. Like, how do I tell him? You know, like, he's wanted a sibling. And now, like, it's his chance to have one. And mom's just giving it away, you know, kind of. Like, I feel like that was his thought. But after, like, just praying about it, and God really just led me how to explain it to him. And I don't know. I just, I've really drawn a lot closer to God after all of this. And I'm, you know, I take my husband to church every Sunday, my kids, and I feel like if I hadn't have gone through that, I might not be in this place that I'm at with him. Lauren, you know, we we hear these stories and I love your heart and and like I said, the other ladies like you that that get to serve in this ministry. But I know one of the things we look forward to every year is Birth Mother's Day. One, because we get to to have all of these heroes assembled together to be able to minister to them and in ways they've ministered to us. Can you just, for those who may not know, can you explain a little bit more about what is Birth Mother's Day and and why do we do Birth Mother's Day? Yeah, absolutely. So Birth Mother's Day is a day that was created, like you mentioned earlier, to really honor and celebrate and give a space to women who have placed. And the reality is they they are moms, whether they are parenting for their child or not. Right. And so this is a day saying, okay, we know that Mother's Day is coming up and this is a space to recognize these incredible women who have made that decision. And so at Lifeline in Alabama this year, we will be having a Birth Mother's Day brunch on May 7th, and that is free, and you don't have to have made an adoption plan through Lifeline to be part of that. That's open for all birth moms who um, are in our area or maybe want to travel in for that, and so it's just a time, like you mentioned, for them to be able to get together and you know, I think as Amanda and Michelle would probably tell you, it's not every day that they necessarily get to sit down with other birth moms who have walked in their shoes, but this is a time for us to be able to honor them and a time to also give them the space to share their story with other birth moms, to relate to other women who have walked in their shoes. And, you know, I think that day is such a sweet day because there is some grief in Mother's Day coming up a lot of times, you know, um, how you're going to deal with that. It can be triggering sometimes for some of that grief and loss that they've experienced. And so it's a time where they can get together with other women who understand what that feels like. But then it's also a time that can be really sweet to just share your story and celebrate and really be able to 
to um, rejoice in that child's life with other moms as well. So it's both. Amen. And, you know, Michelle, I, I know for a lot of times when it comes to Mother's Day, you know, we 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 like to talk a lot about having mercy and grace and and being sensitive to those moms that uh, maybe have struggled with infertility or have always longed for children and, and, and not. But but I don't think a lot of times the general public thinks about just the way Mother's Day is for you. And, and while you can look back and you see Jordan's life and you see the hand of the Lord and how he prepared you for that moment, there's still a, a pain of loss that's there each and every year. And because of that, why is Birth Mother's Day something that is special for you that to be celebrated in that way? And, and talk a, a little bit just so people can understand about that, that grief and loss that comes on Mother's Day. So I think for me, Mother's Day was only seriously a grieving time for a couple of years because I wound up having um, my oldest daughter a couple of years later. And so I really only felt that very seriously for a brief period. Um, His birthday I think was really uh, a time for me that was um, uh, was a, a serious grieving time. Um, but I do agree that Birth Mother's Day was very precious to me um, in that it was specific to us women who had made that sacrifice. Um, Well, really just followed the leading of the Lord, honestly. Um, Because um, the, the grief in and of itself, I think for me has, is very selfish. Just me personally, my grief was very selfish. Um, because I knew that his, he was with the family he was supposed to be with and that God's will had been done. Um, so it was really just about me wanting to see him or see pictures of his, you know, him in his baseball outfit or, you know, wanting to, to know about what instrument he was learning or, um, just wanting to hear his voice, um, things like that. So I believe that there are, um, some things that each mother goes through individually as far as grief that are going to be different from anybody else, um, because of their circumstances and because of the, the choices that they made throughout the pregnancy and, and the adoption. Um, you know, it seems like maybe Amanda's was, uh, um, is more of an open adoption and mine was closed. And so there were a lot of questions that went unanswered for 25, 27 years. So, um, 
I think just the wondering and again, that, that selfish desire uh, to have, you know, your biological child with you were, were the grieving points for me. Um, and, and they did, um, they were there throughout the years, but I think just the distraction and busyness of life sometimes, especially with having other children, was to some degree helpful to me um, in just um, just resting in the peace of knowing that he was where he needed to be and that I'm not really allowed, that, that I'm a bond servant. And that I'm, I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm called to die to self. And so some of that is just me just letting go of some of that. But I do appreciate so much that Lifeline has the Mother's Day um, brunch because there are so many women who don't have a similar experience to me where they were able to have children afterwards or they, they have a stable enough um, circumstance or they have a husband to be able to have children afterwards too. Amanda, as we kind of think about um, <clears throat> birth mother's day for um, maybe there's some listeners, even women that have not, they're not really familiar with birth mother's day. And this is kind of a brand new thing to them. Um, what, what would you say to them to, to think about how to maybe prepare for a day to focus on, um, you know, your, your place as a birth mom and, and for uh, all that the, you know, all that's gone on in your story, what would, how would you, how would you, if, if somebody were sitting not, right next to you and, and you had the, you know, the opportunity to really kind of talk to them about why birth mother's day, what would you tell them? Well, you know, with like, with my kids now and my husband, we celebrate mother's day with the babies and like they draw flowers and, you know, give you all this stuff. But then it's just kind of, you get to look at pictures of Henry and the baby that you placed, but you don't really get to like hug them and, you know, kiss them and tell them you love them. And so it's just nice to know that you are appreciated from someone else that you helped that couldn't have a baby. Someone that they get to experience Mother's Day and get the hugs and the kisses and all the love that they couldn't have gotten without your help. It's very well put, Amanda. Um, and I think as, um, as a dad through adoption, I, I think what I would say to you and what I would say to Michelle is thank you um, for somebody who's never had the opportunity to um, have a conversation with any of our birth moms and, and to be able to tell them how much we appreciate them and how much we are in awe of what they've done. Um, like, I just, I, I hope, you know, um, the, the courageous choice that you've made has impacted so many lives. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm thankful that you've had those moments to, to really be able to see uh, God's grace and, and, and the way that, that God works all things together for good. Um, 
for those that are called according to his purpose. And, and I think that's, that's what we see today just manifest in really powerful ways in both of your stories. So Amanda, Michelle, thank you for joining us. We, um, we are incredibly grateful for your transparency and your sharing of your story. And, uh, and, and we want to encourage the folks that are listening to the Defender podcast to um, on the Saturday before Mother's Day, remember that that's birth Mother's Day. And um, to uh, if you have a birth mother in your life, um, it's a great day to connect and to, to pray for her and to um, to love on her a little bit. And if you if you don't, then this is a great day for all of us to pray for birth moms uh, here and all over the world that have made such a courageous choice and just pray that they'll uh, that they'll feel the presence of the Lord and that they'll uh, they'll ultimately be affirmed in in what is what is not only a God honoring choice, but ultimately um, what it what is a. Um, what is an incredible choice for so many people to see um, the honoring of life and, and, and the truth of, of the gospel coming through. And so thank you. Thank you for joining us again here on the Defender Podcast. And we will look forward to seeing you right back here uh, next week again for our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>